Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading from the Book of Wisdom and our gospel are meant to be read in tandem, and they articulate a, such an important principle of what I'll call spiritual physics. So anybody interested in the dynamics of the spiritual life we got to attend to these readings. They have to do with the play, if I can put it this way, between worldly goods and riches and wisdom. So look now in the first reading, which is taken from the Book of Wisdom, and traditionally a Solomon himself is seen as the, the author of this book. So the paradigmatic wise figure, right, from the Old Testament um, enunciates these various principles. So listen now to what he says. I pleaded and a spirit of wisdom came to me. I preferred her to scepter and throne and deemed riches nothing in comparison to her. Nor did I liken any priceless gem to her because all gold in view of her is a little sand. Now, it's an extraordinary thing. Again, imagine Solomon is the speaker of this. Solomon, look in the first book of Kings in the Old Testament. There's no king in Israel, who had greater wealth, riches, and power than Solomon. He's presented as the greatest of the kings of Israel. They actually enumerate for us the, the, the amount of wealth and coinage and gold and everything. Solomon had every worldly thing you could want. But again, I pleaded, so he's saying, I, I asked God, and wisdom came to me, and I thought that was better than scepter and throne. That means all the power I've got. And I deemed riches nothing in comparison to her. So even all this piled up wealth of mine means nothing compared to wisdom. Now, what's he talking about when he says wisdom? He doesn't just mean scientific knowledge. <laughs> That's maybe part of it. But wisdom in the Bible means seeing life from the perspective of God. It means having an intimacy with God by which I now understand the world and live my life. That's this highest value that Solomon properly sees as greater than any of the goods in the world. You know, I always think here of the great... Um, uh, French uh, Catholic philosopher Blaise Pascal. He made the distinction between the goods of the body, the goods of the mind, and the goods of the heart. Well, the goods of the body, those are all these things that wealth can buy. All the, the pleasures of the world, a nice place to live and clothes and, and sensual pleasure, etc. Okay, fine, good in themselves. But we're not meant to be stuck at that level. Rather, we become beguiled eventually by the goods of the mind that transcend any of the goods of the body. 
when you fall in love, you know, with philosophy and with mathematics and with the, with the higher sciences, and, and you realize they bring you into a more refined world. My favorite story here is always the one told of Thomas Aquinas, as he and a few Dominican brothers were approaching the city of Paris, which would have been one of the most glorious cities in the civilization of that time. And they saw the towers and turrets of the city before them. And one of the brothers said, ah, what wouldn't you give to have Paris? And Aquinas reportedly said, oh, I'd much rather have Chrysostom's commentary on Matthew. <laughs> See, that's somebody who's risen above the mere preoccupation of the goods of the body and has become open now to the goods of the mind. But beyond even those, Pascal said, are the goods of the heart. That means those values associated with, with God. Now that's the wisdom Solomon's talking about. Once he'd been brought into that world of value, he realized that everything else, all the power and wealth of the world, even the goods of the mind, are nothing compared to these highest goods, compared to wisdom. Okay? So that's one principle of spiritual physics. But here's an interesting one, related one. Listen now. Yet all good things come together and come to me in her company and countless riches at her hand. Now, here's the principle. When you have wisdom, right, you see the world from God's perspective, you've reached this highest level, then you'll know what to do with the wealth that's been given to you. Suppose you, you've been given worldly power, worldly wealth. Okay, if you've got wisdom, then you know what to do with them. They come together. They make sense. It's not a strict either-or. Like, I simply have to eschew all those things. No, I must first move into the realm of wisdom, and then I'll know what to do with the goods of the world. Okay? So, with that, or maybe those two principles in mind, now we look at the gospel, which is this marvelous story of the rich young man. I don't know if it's true for you, but it's been for me a story that has long uh, intrigued me, troubled me, beguiled me, uh, bugged me, <laughs> you know. And that's always a sign to me of a deep spiritual truth being conveyed when it, when it kind of gets into us. What do we hear now? Well, there's this wealthy young man. I always imagine him as, I don't know, 17, 18 years old. Described as wealthy, so he's, he's got many of the goods of the world. And he comes to Jesus. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now notice something, first of all. This is a very good sign. that Though he's got all the goods of the world, he, he implicitly knows they're not enough. I mean, otherwise, why would he bother with this itinerant preacher? Why would he come running up to the spiritual teacher and ask about eternal life? He must intuit that the goods of the world, no matter how great they are, are not eternal. They, they don't satisfy the deepest longings of the heart. He has to know that, and that's a good thing. And he comes up to Jesus with the question. How does Jesus respond? Well, you know the commandments. And he enumerates some of them. You shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, etc. Okay, what's the first step toward wisdom, toward the highest value, toward eternal life? Well, first, 
you got to eliminate from your life all those, those sins that stand in the way of attaining this level. If, if wisdom, life on high with God, means a life of love, ultimately, well, then you've got to get rid of those, those egregious violations of love in your life. You can't be stealing people's goods. You can't be killing people. You, you can't be committing adultery. These are fundamental violations of love, right? It's like someone learning a sport. You've got to, you've got to get the fundamentals in place. You have to eliminate you know, the, the, these really basic problems that you have. So, okay, there's the first step. And the kid says, teacher, all these I've observed from my youth. Okay. I don't disbelieve him. There's a sign that he's spiritually serious. He's coming to Jesus asking for eternal life. And, okay, I've covered the basics. I've eliminated these egregious violations of love. And I think Jesus, reading his heart, senses that he's being honest, because he says, looking at him, he loved him and said, you're lacking one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. We're at a very pivotal place in the gospel right now. It's a good kid. He's good. He has a good instinct asking Jesus about eternal life. He's not just stuck at the level of, of the body. He's done a lot of the basics. He's covered the basic ground. And Jesus knows that. So now he's saying, okay, if you're ready for the high-octane spiritual life, you're, you're ready for real wisdom, for real communion with God, then you got to sell what you've got. Give it to the poor. Come after me. It's time for a radical choice. It's time for a radical move. See, what's he sensing? I think this is the, this is the pivot of the story, the fulcrum of it. That though his instincts are right, they're, they're good, Jesus knows this kid is still too drawn to that world. He's still got a tendency to get stuck in the the goods of the world, power and and pleasure and riches. So, okay, make the move, make the move, set those things aside and follow me to the heights. And I don't know, for my money, one of the very saddest lines in the whole Bible, because it's so rare in the Gospels that Jesus calls someone and the person doesn't respond, right? Almost in every other case, like Matthew, you know, Matthew, follow me, and got up that minute and followed him. The sons of Zebedee, you know, come follow me, and they left their nets and they followed him. Peter, you know, leave me, I'm a sinful man. No, you'll be a fisherman, and he followed him. Then there's this story. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Think of Pascal again, body, mind, heart. This, this kid who's got the goods of the body, you know, but he's being drawn upward. He is. That's why he's seeking eternal life from Jesus. That's why he's been following the commandments. He's, he's being drawn upward. But at the decisive moment, he's like, 
He's like the Israelites having escaped from Egypt, but then they begin to long for the flesh pots of Egypt. Oh, how we had, you know, leeks and we had soup and we had meat back in Egypt. They start longing for the old life. And so at the decisive moment, he's being summoned by Christ himself to the heights. Is he feels himself drawn back to this place of safety and comfort. Listen to Jesus now. How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this is not like a a blanket condemnation of, of wealthy people. Don't read it that way. But it's an honest assessment of the dynamics of the spiritual physics. It's hard breaking free of the, of the allurement of the body to move to the next level of the mind. It's hard to break free from that level to get to the level of the heart, which is total surrender to God. That's wisdom. Compared to that, all the goods of the world are like sand, said Solomon correctly. Ah, but, you know, but watch something. Watch something. Read the first book of Kings. Solomon, even the wisest of Israel's kings, falls back into the goods of the body and the goods of the world. Okay, that's where most of us are, everybody. We sinners. We we come up to Jesus. We want eternal life. That's why you're listening to this sermon. I know that. That's why I'm preaching it. I mean, we, we want eternal life. We know the basics. We know the commandments have got to be followed. But then every single one of us right now, everyone listening to me right now, you're hearing that voice of Jesus. Leave behind these goods of the world. Come, follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Okay, what will it be? God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.